And uh, we are joined on the line now uh, by uh, Dr. Imtia Suleiman, who is uh, fr- the founder of Gift of the Givers, to tell us more about the situation. Thanks for your time this morning, uh, Mr. Suleiman. Morning, Mr. Now, Dr. Suleiman, um, firstly, you know, when you spoke um, to one of these survivors about this terrible ordeal that he'd just been through, um, how exactly did that conversation come about and what uh, did he tell you? He called me, well, initially, you know, on Friday I was called by many media asking if, you know, if we know any South Africans trapped in, in the area because they had seen it on international media. We had no communication. We didn't know. We were oblivious that something like that, you know, that there were South Africans there. But Saturday morning, suddenly early in the morning, I see uh, a post posted on our, our internal chat because we have a search and rescue and medical chat group from our key volunteers. And suddenly I see this information praying for the person's name. He's well. He survived. And so the, and then communication started with him to, a, to other members of the group for the rest of Saturday. But suddenly, suddenly in the morning, and my phone rings. I see the international number, and he calls me directly. He just says, hello, doctor. Thank you very much. I'm very happy for you taking an interest in, you know, in our situation here in Mali. And then he starts. You can hear the anxiety in his voice. You hear he wants to offload. You hear he wants to tell his story as to what happened. He just starts. They just walked into the hotel. They started shooting randomly. They went to a room and they pulled one man out and they, and they shot him, killed him. We all sculled the skiskey. We ran into our rooms. We locked our doors. The bullets were flying everywhere. We tried to duck. I went to the shower. I went to the bath. I could hear them all the time, trying to break my door. They were even burning the, the door. You could see the hotel. I'll send you pictures. It was terrible. It was frightening. I thought it was my last. I was praying all the time. For 20 hours, this thing continued. He just carried on speaking nonstop. 20 hours, it carried on. We were terrified. We were afraid. We thought we had nobody to come and rescue us, nobody to, survive, to save us. We sent text messages to everybody. When are you coming to help us? It took 20 hours before somebody came. And just continuous gunshots, and eventually they were shooting from both sides. We didn't know who was shooting at who. We were just ducking and praying. It was the most terrifying experience of our lives. It sounds absolutely traumatic. And um, Dr. Silliman, um, the volunteer, um, I mean, how many volunteers uh, do you have in Mali at the moment? No, that, that's a confusion. He did not go on gift for the Givers business. He oh. went on, on, on his own business. You know, volunteers are by nature not people who work for me full time. Mm. They work for me when I need them to come on a disaster, if they select to come on that disaster. He was a very key person in Philippines. Between himself and another project manager, they supervised the whole reconstruction of the Palompon Hospital in Philippines. The top floor was gone. And in less than four days, this guy and the other guy from Polokwane, they they supervised the replacement of over 1,000 square meters of roof. So he was a very, very, and of course the top floor, so he was very, very key to us. And it just happened, by the way, that somebody knew that he was part of our team that then mentioned to the media, I guess, the give his volunteer was there. But he was there on his personal business with the South African, the other two South Africans, and he just said, you know what, my friend, he's dead. Oh, about the, the South African who passed on, he said yes. that even. He said earlier the friend was chatting to his wife and his family at night, and he says he thinks the South African got killed late in the night while they were in this process of opening doors and shooting the doors down, and he got killed a little later in, in the night. And then he told me, look, I'm now in Bamako. We're in a security situation. We're in a hotel. We're safe. But the, I can say the name. He said, Jaco's body hasn't come yet. Jaco is still there. 
We're waiting for information. Nobody has communicated with us. We're waiting for information. We want Jacob's body. We want the papers. We want to take the body home, but we want to go home. This is tested many times. We just want to go home, and we're waiting for somebody to arrange. We want to go home. And then he said one more important thing. That was not on the call. He texted me about an hour later. He said, you know, I've forgotten. Has anybody spoken to Yako's wife? Has anybody given us support? Has anybody reassured her? Or has anybody given any? Do you mind please calling Yako's wife? He has the number. And then I spoke to his wife, and I got three Afrikaner people, because she's Afrikaans, to speak to her, you know, three ladies who work with me. I said that she'd feel more comfortable if they talk to her and make her feel at ease. She's very strong, of course, but broken for what has happened. And, of course, he has three, four, uh, four small children, young children, as I understand. Yes, yes. You know, and, and it, 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 it spoke about the children. But later on in the day when we spoke, apparently she had a lot of family people in the house around her, supporting her, being there for her. But obviously, with all the support in the world, eventually when the people move on, then you feel the real pain of what has happened. Indeed. Um, Dr. Suleiman, have you been um, uh, able to speak to the uh, volunteer who called you initially subsequently? Yeah, he's the one who spoke to me. Yes, but have you spoken to him um, since your initial interactions? Uh, no, well, that was on Saturday. Yesterday, it was the afternoon, the last. He just said, he sent me a picture of the, the card of the, 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 um, from the MC of South Africa, just in contact numbers of the first secretary and, you know, and uh, somebody else from the consul area. He just sent me those pictures of the card itself. I sent him a message. I said, Yako, I mean, not Yako, whatever his name is, if you're stuck and you need any help, let me know. He said, I'll contact you when I need you. So I left him at that because he's probably needing space to sort out maybe his company or transport arrangements, to sort out Yako's body, to sort out the papers. So I've left it open to him to call me when he needs me. And then and have you um, heard anything about uh, Yako's remains and you know when that will be repatriated, whether they actually got it to Bamako in the meantime? Well, he said they were working on it yesterday because yesterday when he spoke to me, he said it's, the body is still there in, uh, in Savare. And he said, that's what we're all anxious for, and we're waiting for it to come back, but we want to sort that out. So that's what I told him. If, and, and he told me, the government people have already contacted me, meaning the South African Embassy, and they're working on it to sort out the papers, the, the removal of the body, to repatriate it to South Africa. He told me that yesterday afternoon. But being a weekend, we don't expect things to move that fast. So I will wait for him later this morning, and then try him within an hour or two to see if there's any progress.